You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. And now, of course, you can get the Locked On Pelicans podcast on the brand new podcasting app, Himalaya as well. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at NolaJake on Twitter. Here with you all on this Wednesday, day after the Pelicans fall to the Atlanta Hawks, a game that had some bright spots, some scary spots, and some bad spots. We'll recap that in the first segment here for you. I'll tell you what you missed if you did not tune in to the under-30 win Atlanta Hawks taking on the 31-win New Orleans Pelicans team. Out of the lineup and his, as has been for a while, there we go, is Drew Holiday. It was announced today he's going to have season-ending season surgery. We're going to look at that because the timeline on this is a little bit murky, but Alvin Gentry cleared it up a little bit in his media availability before last night's game. Then we've got to talk about a name probably no one wants me to mention. There's probably two names no one wants me to mention in Reference to the Pelicans front office coaching surf. Surf, I cannot speak today. Search, there we go. That is, of course, Joe Dumars. We're not going to talk about him because he's not in contention for anything. But what about former Alabama head basketball coach Avery Johnson? I'll give you the scoop on that as well. So let's do it in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So it was a 130-120 loss for your New Orleans Pelicans against the kind of upstart-ish Atlanta Hawks. We kind of had a feeling this was going to go this way when it was announced before the game that Anthony Davis would be held out due to back spasms. Alfred Payton was questionable. He then got upgraded to probable with a bit of a wrist injury. He went and played in this one but wasn't nearly as effective as he could have been, though. He had a nice enough game. Basically, it was all the young guys going out trying to do what they want to do. In the backcourt, starting next to Alfred Payton, you had Frank Jackson, you had Julius Randle up front, along with Czech Diallo making his first start ever in his career. That's a pretty cool thing. And then Ken Rich Williams at the three spot for the New Orleans Pelicans, where he's been a bit entrenched over the past number of weeks. Again, a 10-point loss that is probably not as close as it seemed. The Pelicans were down in this one by as many as 21 points. They kind of had a spirited comeback in the fourth quarter, but it was a little uh, it was just a little too late for them. Uh, Pelicans undone, uh, undid themselves. You can tell I'm still recovering from being sick here. 24 turnovers for this team led to 26 points for the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks want to play fast, and when you turn the ball over like that, they're going to get the opportunity to do so and play in the fast break and kind of get out on those runs that just give them easy scoring opportunities. 24 times to turn the ball over is a lot, and you shoot yourself in the foot like that. It's not really going to be anything good. Biggest culprit of that was Julius Randle, 33 minutes for the big man. He did have 24 points, nine rebounds, the rebounding a little bit better than what we've seen from him recently, but six turnovers right there is really going to do it to you. Stanley Johnson off the bench had three turnovers as well. Alfred Payton had three. Darius Miller in almost 30 minutes of action, nine points, but three turnovers. Kenrich Williams, just eight points to three turnovers. That's not really going to get it done for you, and you're going to lose the game. Kenrich 
Mitch Williams did finish, as I said, eight points, did have five assists. We've seen him kind of keep the ball moving along with five rebounds, three of eight on the night, two of five from deep, which is better than what he's been somewhat recently. If he can do that, give you eight points, hitting two threes, five assists, couple more rebounds and five would be nice. Get closer to eight, nine. I think he's got a place. His play has definitely kind of leveled off and you kind of have an idea of the type of player he is, which is probably this. And you're not asking him to be your best option, your first option on the team. He's got a place here. You know, I don't know if you really want him to be your starter, but that kind of remains to be seen. You know, we have some meaningless games here. And, you know, if he starts to shine towards the end, that's at least a bit of a positive sign, but I don't know what it really means. He's going to need to have a strong training camp to really be a solid rotation player next season, but he's capable of it and we've seen it. Check Diallo in to start, just 5.6 rebounds for him, under 20 minutes of action. They don't need to see much from him. Uh, Alfred Payton, 11 points, 9 assists on the night, 6 boards, but he shot 5-11 from the field, just 1-4 from deep. Didn't even get to the line once. You'd like to see a little bit more than that from him. Frank Jackson, who was hot to start the game for the Pelicans, had double digits again, 20 points for him, 2-4 from deep, 5 of 10 from the field overall. He also got to the free throw line a good bit. 20 points on 10 shots. Pretty good. 8 of 9 there. But in the second half, he got elbowed in the head by Atlanta's John Collins. Went to the locker room after that. Officially diagnosed with a concussion. Alvin Gentry said after the game, he's hopeful he'll only miss one game. So maybe it's not as serious, but concussions are always scary. So we're hoping for the best here. He's been playing well. This was one of his better games as a pro, I think. Again, getting to the line nine times, hitting eight of them along with hitting threes, that's how you be aggressive. That's how you make the most of these minutes here. For the Pelicans, the biggest bright spot in this game might have been Christian Wood. We get to make all the Wood jokes if we want here. 23 points on the night and almost 32 minutes of action. Those 23 points came on nine total shot attempts. Think about that one for a second there. Also chipped in with nine rebounds. The reason his points were so high, he was eight of 14 from the line. He also nailed a three, was one of three from deep. That is pretty darn good. This is a guy who showed a lot of scoring potential in the G League and just was buried behind everyone else on the Bucks depth chart, though they could certainly use him right now with all the injuries that they're having. And he came out and played aggressive, was going after offensive boards, defensive boards, anything he could to kind of make his mark on the game. And this is a guy who said, I just need an opportunity to prove myself. He did it in this game. This comes with, of course, the asterisks of it's March. These games don't matter. So how much can you really take away from this? And the answer is probably not much, though you do it for a stretch. At least our eyes are going to be open to it. And it's better than being bad. I, I said it's like summer league. You know, if you're a good player or an NBA player and you suck in summer league, that's a concern and that's a problem. If you go out and you dominate in summer league, I'm not necessarily using that as a predictor of what's to come because this is what you should do. It's the expectation. You don't get bonus points for that. Meaningless games in late March against a bad team. And even though I like this kind of upstart Atlanta Hawks ball club, you know what? They have under 30 wins. They're not that good. So for him to go out and have 23 points, it's nice. I don't want to take away from that. Makes me excited to see what he's capable of doing. I'm just not ready to declare him the second coming just yet. For the Atlanta Hawks, they were led, of course, by rookie Trey Young. 33 points on the night, 12 assists, 
He took an absolute ton of threes, 13 on the night. The Atlanta Hawks as a team took 51 of them. That kind of buried the Pelicans under everything. And basically, it was all she wrote. This was a better team this night than the New Orleans Pelicans are. If Drew Holiday is in there, if Anthony Davis is in there, different story. But it wasn't. And when you have 24 turnovers, you're going to lose the game. And that's how you end up with a 130-120 loss to the Atlanta Hawks. So before we get to Drew Holiday's season-ending injury, remember to get this show every day. Subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast on the new Himalaya podcast app. In an ever-expanding podcast world, you need Himalaya with their personally curated playlists and new features added every day. Download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to the Locked on Pelicans podcast. All right, it was announced today something that we all thought was going to end up happening, maybe just not in this fashion, and that's Drew Holiday out for the season after having season-ending surgery. The Pelicans announced yesterday the underwent successful surgery in the morning to repair a core muscle injury. This is basically a sports hernia. And it was performed by Dr. William Myers in Philadelphia. The expected timetable for this is basically six weeks till you're back and doing basketball-related things. Again, it's a sports hernia. It's surgery, so it's serious, but it's not kind of a huge end-of-the-world type of thing. But this is a bit of a surprise, to be honest, because when it was officially announced, originally announced, I should say, that Holiday was going to be out with an abdominal strain, an abdominal injury, Alvin Gentry said, like, if we were in playoff contention, he could play today. And all of a sudden, it goes from he could play today to surgery. That's a bit of a questionable thing. Uh, before he spoke to the media before uh, yesterday's game, Alvin Gentry had said, you know, when asked about it was, you know, this is something that could linger. And it's best just to kind of be precautionary and just get it taken care of, particularly since they don't need him to play. If he didn't get it done now, it could reoccur later. It could reoccur next season. And this just basically ends kind of, I guess, the potential for anything to happen. It's still a little weird that if it's something that did require surgery, you know, that you, you sounds like if it could reoccur, you've really kind of got to get fixed, you know, that you wouldn't have said that earlier or what happened here. You know, I don't want to jump to misdiagnosis and I don't know if it is because frankly, I'm not a doctor. When these things happen, it's tough to kind of figure out how to react to them because I'm doing that shrug arms up emoji because I just don't know. It's just a little weird that things like this always keep happening where, hey, he's out, it's no big deal, it's no big deal, and then boom, surgery. It's a bit of a jump there. It's a bit of a concern, not something we really like to see, but it doesn't sound like this is going to really impact his summer workouts or anything with the offseason or into next year at this point. So it's like, why not, I guess, is really what it is. But we knew Holiday wasn't going to be playing the rest of the way. This makes the injury seem like maybe it was a little bit more serious than they let on before. He said he went and got a, another opinion on it um, or saw another doctor about it. Doesn't mean that the Pelicans misdiagnosed anything here. Maybe that's just they had different recommendations on the best way to fix it. This is obviously the route that Holiday and the team agreed upon. And there you have it, out for the season. No big deal. That's probably good. The Pelicans don't want to be winning games very much right now, and they're not. So that's kind of perfect all around. Hope he gets healthy. Hope the surgery's good. And that's that. We can kind of move on and look forward to getting him back next year because he's the unquestioned leader of this team, a guy we all really enjoy watching. So I'm happy to see that he's going to be healthy.
So the Saints went and did it and got some rule changes pushed through at the NFL owners meetings over in Arizona this offseason. Find out all about it over at the Locked on Saints podcast with host Ross Jackson. We want to know what's going to go on. At least there's maybe some sort of silver lining to come out of the NOLA no call back in January. And this may be it. At least there's some, going to be some change going forward. So make sure you listen and subscribe to the Locked on Saints podcast. So I might scare you all here if I say the name Avery Johnson, the former Alabama head coach, guy who's been around the NBA for a very long time, first as the coach of the Dallas Mavericks, then the New Jersey Brooklyn Nets after a long playing career in the league. But I don't think there's anything you all need to worry. So the news is he was recently let go by Alabama negotiating a buyout after being their head coach for the past four seasons. He leaves with a record there of 75 and 62 barely above 500. Basically, that's three games above 500 each season. That's not going to get it done in the SEC or in Tuscaloosa. And he hasn't really made it out of anything. He's been to the NIT three times in four years there and lost in the first round every single time. He made the second round of the NCAA tournament last year. That's it. That's not a good coaching record. They demand more there. He was let go. So the question is, does he get linked to the Pelicans or does he come to the Pelicans in some capacity? We've heard his name linked before. A number of years ago, when they hosted the All-Star Game in 2014, he was on the host committee alongside Rita Benson LeBlanc that really was influential in making everything happen. He's close with the team. He knows everyone here. He's also from Louisiana and from New Orleans, and that goes a long way at times. But I don't think there's going to be any truth to him being linked to New Orleans and the Pelicans whatsoever as they kind of remake the front office. Before we get to that, though, I think people kind of crap on him a little bit more than they need to. His stint with the Nets was not particularly good, never getting even close to 500 during that time there. But his stint with Dallas was really, really good. You know, he led them to two 60-win seasons and a 51-win season and got to the NBA Finals in his second full year as head coach. You know, he then lost in the first round twice, meaning this is a dude who really struggles in the first round of any postseason. But still, there's something like I think we'd all just be happy with multiple 60 win seasons or 50 win seasons here in New Orleans. He's a pretty smart basketball dude. Maybe he just can't recruit in college and maybe he's not the absolute best head coach, but it's not like he's a complete dummy. But it also doesn't mean he's qualified for a front office job or to be a GM or a president of basketball operations. They're not going to consider him for head coach. I don't think there's any chance of that. It's would he have a role in the front office? And I don't think so, at least not as one of the main guys, but a voice in the room, potentially, if that's something that he would like to do. So if he wants to kind of be that special consultant that Danny Ferry was, I wouldn't be shocked if they bring him on board in some capacity or if they have him help out potentially with some of the interview processes that they're going to go through that we should be hearing about shortly. But ultimately, I don't think there's any reason to think or believe, based on what I've been told, that he is going to become the GM or president of basketball operations or head coach of this Pelicans team. That's probably good, and it's probably for the best, but if he's in the room in some capacity, I don't necessarily think that would be the worst thing unless you think he's just trying to angle for the job and they bring in someone new, that person gets fired, and then he's like, all right, I'm in, I've done it, I've made it. Then, yeah, not so good. But I don't know if that would be the case. But I know people have asked about this. His name constantly gets linked to the Pelicans because of the Louisiana ties. 
it's probably not happening. I think we can all be safe and not worry about that whatsoever. And we can just kind of move on from that. Hopefully we'll get a list of GM candidates that they're going to be interviewing sooner rather than later. They may need to wait until the end of the season to interview some of these guys um, or towards uh, closer towards certain things. We'll see. I think you'll start to hear some names leak out soon. Um, maybe we'll find out what the consulting company was too. I'm slightly curious about that as well. So no Avery Johnson, no Joe Dumars either. I'm not even going to bring his name up because I think that's overblown a little bit. Basically the way it's sounded to me and what I've been told about all the Joe Dumar stuff was it was him floating his own name out there because he wanted to get back into all of this. They like him. They talk to Dumars on occasion. Absolutely. But I don't think he was in real ever consideration to be in one of those positions. And then it means we don't have to break out the uh, picture of him holding two phones to his head talking, I don't know, making all the deals, which is probably the last thing we want him doing here in New Orleans. So it's going to be a no-go on Avery Johnson and Joe Dumars. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from and on the new Himalaya podcasting app. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. And I'll be back with you all tomorrow. 